You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. As always on a Wednesday, it's time for Wayne on Wednesday. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment. I missed the first part of this interview because I pressed the wrong button, but there's still lots to enjoy. Here's Wayne McCurry. The market's going to propel itself to a new level because as we've spoken about on many, many times, uh, many times over the last couple of months, yes, the market has recovered too much too quickly. And I can't see it doing another 20% before the end of the year. In fact, I think it might even, I think, and I've been wrong for a very long time, might go down 10 or 15% from, from this level. So we've rallied just over 50%. I think the exact number is 53.8% yeah. or something on, yeah. on the S&P 500 from the bottom that we saw at the end of March, which was... Yes. On my screen, I seem to remember, I remember it was a lunchtime, a futures market quote at lunchtime, 2,162, I think it was. And I thought, yeah. goodness me, that's a long way down from 3,397. And now we're back at yeah. the highs. So we've got a big double top in place as well. I mean, the technicians during this quiet time will be saying to themselves, okay, volume is quite low despite Robinhood accounts. And they'll go on and on and on. And maybe mm. we get a pause here. But Wayne, there's two scenarios here. You say you could fall 10 to 15%. What will it take for the market to go up another 10 to 15%? Will it be a Trump victory, do you think? I don't know. I, I don't look ultimately, ultimately, unless politicians declare war, the politicians, not declare war, but do something completely and utterly radical or Politics itself doesn't have a lasting impact on markets, per se. Now, maybe President Trump is different because we certainly know he is different. He's very different. But he's very different. You know, politics over time, Democrats or Republicans haven't, unless they declared war or did something else or gave a massive tax cut or a massive tax hike. And even then, with tax cuts and tax hikes, it's a relatively short duration impact on the market. So I don't know whether politics, well, politics could always have a shorter term impact, obviously. What can propel it to a new level? Ultimately, it can't be any more free money because interest rates, the cost of money is zero. So maybe it can go negative. I mean, that's not impossible, but it's, it's unlikely in, in America. So it's to be earnings and earnings recovery. Now, there is already a massive amount of earnings recovery built into the price of the overseas market. So I think, to be honest, I think we're going to have a relatively mediocre share market for a number of years. Hmm. Years is a long time, let's say a year, because there is all the good news is in the price. Yeah. So I'm... You know, bull markets and bear markets are, 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 are terrible animals because you fall into them. You know, like when you've had a 10-year bear market, which was the case up until, I can almost give you the day if I remember correctly. It was March until, the, I think it was March the 9th. Oh, oh, sorry. The of February was when the when virus started to scare markets. Oh, I see you mean this year. Yes, yes. Okay. This year, yeah. Mm, okay. The 4th of February bull market in American stocks was in place. It was common wisdom that nothing was going to bring this bull market to a screeching halt. 
Right. Now, it only came to a screeching halt, as we know, for a few months. But bull markets and bear markets are funny things because you, you fall into them. Now we've had a 50% recovery, and we've had extraordinary upward movements in the markets because we had an extraordinary down movement in the market. But now people are almost believing that this is a new bull market. It's not. It's a recovery from a collapse. Yes, I, I don't think we are back in a new bull market. No, we've just recovered everything that we lost in a very short space of time. It's been the shortest bear market in history. Shortest, yeah, and uh, shortest recovery. Well, yes, yeah. the shortest, the shortest bear market, correct? Yes. Shortest bear market in history. When you're you're breaking up a little bit, so maybe move around uh, while I sure. uh, go through these things. You can still listen to me, of course. But there's a few things that came out of the JSE today. Number one yes. was. Um, results from Metair. Number two, results from Kuro Holdings, and people seem to like that. Yes. Number three, Grindrod yes. came out with a trading statement. MTN announced a new president and CEO, a dual role yeah. there, and that was already known and uh, was well flagged. Uh, and later on in the afternoon, we've had things like a company called Hulasani with uh, cautionaries and Brycor uh, also. Um, but there's, what else have we had? There was one other one that came out later this afternoon. It was wasn't it? Yeah, Truworth came out and their share price was up something like five and a half percent on the opening something like that maybe we should have a look at Truworth because um this is obviously uh, as a result of the results or the uh, the the statement but on the other hand it's also to do with going to level two if that's where you are at the moment because i get confused what do you think of Truworth? correct we we level two okay Truworth was quite an interesting one because they've had this millstone around their neck Hmm which is this thing called office in the UK. Yes. And they, I think they've written it down to almost zero now because in this set of results, they wrote off another 2.8 billion on the investment in office. So this has been, unfortunately for them, another overseas expansion thing that clearly has not worked. Not all necessarily their fault, You know, the virus wasn't their fault, obviously, but this thing wasn't going well before the virus. Yeah. But when you look at the trading operations, earnings are down, call it it 30%. You know, in this environment, that's not bad, and the market obviously liked that. And it can, I mean, it's a combination of level two, but also 30% down for a company like Truworths is not bad given the environment, eh? Yeah. And this is for the full year, of course. If you had to look in the last six months when the lockdown happened, obviously it will be more than 30% down in the six-month time period. But for the year, that's not a bad set of results. No, it's not. And I wonder, Wayne, one thing I've always learned over the years commentating on South African companies is that when times are tough – uh, when market conditions, whether domestic or international, or a combination of the two, which is what we have at the moment, South African companies are not quiet. They sit down and they consolidate and they cut costs and they rationalize yes. and that sort of thing. And do you think that there's a whole new set of companies that will come out of this uh, ready for the recovery, which cyclically must happen? Do you, do you think they'll yeah. be ready for uh, it and will take advantage of it? Yes, because you, you cut your cost base and then – when things recover, you just get top-line growth, which falls straight through your profits. Mm. But just on that comment, I do agree with you to a certain extent that South African companies 
have endured a lot over the decades and decades and decades, and they are reasonably resilient. But mm. nothing like American companies. Eh? In American companies, when things go bad, all of a sudden, 15% of your workforce just gets retrenched with two weeks' notice pay. Well, that's because they you know, don't that have anyone. They, they don't yeah. have any accountability. They just in South Africa. Yeah, no. it's not as unionised. There's not black economic empowerment, whether you like it or not. The fact is, you can't do it in South Africa. Whereas in the United States, yes. you can do what you like. You can do what you like. I can remember a friend of mine uh, went overseas. Pardon me, he's an elderly gentleman who went overseas to work in America for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And he said, only after working there for about 20 years did he feel some sort of job security that someone wouldn't just walk up to his desk and say, I'm terribly sorry, as your two weeks notice pay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's ruthless. Eh? And, and, you know, talking about office and talking about, oh, you can, you can name them, uh, Gourmet Kitchen, uh, David Jones, you can name all of the overseas expansions which haven't worked out. I think business overseas in the developed market is a lot more ruthless than South Africa. Mm. I think it's ruthless. Eh? Okay. We, 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 we possibly live in a bit of a gen, more genteel type of business environment here in South Africa. Than yeah, genteel may be not the word. I think it's more of a nanny corporate state, if you see what I'm saying. I don't know about genteel, yeah, too, but yeah. certainly yeah. Uh, you, know, you, you have to go through this whole process. If someone you're going to sack someone, you have to give them three warnings or, or something like that, and then they – I don't know. But let's not get yeah. into uh, corporate yeah. – um, Shenanigans. Let's talk about Santem and Sanlam. They both came out with trading statements this afternoon. Not the most exciting companies in the world, but very, very well-run companies. And yes, do, they do, both are very well-run. Do you do you hold them? Did you like yes. what they said? Yes, we own Sanlam. Unfortunately, we don't own Santam. So it's been Santam has been one of those companies that we've wanted to buy, but have never quite thought that the valuation was right. We always thought it was a little bit expensive. We'll wait for it to fall a little bit before we buy it. Yes. And then it doesn't really ever fall. But Sun Lum we own quite, um, quite a material holding in it and we're very, very happy with that investment over time. Jolly good. Kiro Holdings, that's something that I spoke to a commentator this morning and, and they, they liked what they heard. And there yes. was a sort of a reverse psychology here as to because things are so bad, then it's quite good for Kiro. Did you sense that from what you saw? I'm not too sure about the reverse psychology. Look, Kiro has, to be honest, in the last three years, call it, hasn't really lived up to expectations then let's just be honest about that. And it's not necessarily their fault. eh? They've had all the people leaving the country and a whole range of of issues. But, I mean, the share price has taken an almighty beating. eh? I mean, this thing's down 60% in the last year. It's down from 20 bucks to 8 bucks. eh? But these results, I thought, were actually quite good. So... um, and once again, and once, and it's not their fault, you know, you've got earnings per share, you've got headline earnings per share, you've got recurring headline earnings per share, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So which is the right one? But 
putting that aside. Revenues up by 7%, which was good. Earnings before depreciation, et cetera, is up 12%. And then recurring headline earnings are up 9 Now, in this environment, and this is for the for the six months to June, so it's the full lockdown period in here, I think that's quite good. Mm. Now, there are some accounting issues from this year and last year and bargain purchase profits and impairment of, oh, my goodness, yeah. But, yes, I thought this was a good result, and I thought the shit would actually be up a little bit more than what it was. It started up quite nicely, and it went up to 8.40, but in the last 10 minutes, it's come back down to 8.00. So I thought this was a good result given the environment. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on that one. Obviously, it provides a very good service as well. And again, a well-run company, yes. and it found favour and had ridiculously high PEs in there, and that sort of normalised a little bit. Wayne, let's talk about uh, yes. Level 2. I don't understand what Level 2 is, but you would, because you're a bit of yeah. a... You're an Epicurean, let me put it that way. You're a gourmand. You like to go out and you like to eat. Are you allowed to go out and eat yes. at restaurants at the moment? Yes. Okay. Up until... Up until effectively nine o'clock at night time. Yes. Because, okay, let me stay in level two because you've got a curfew. Right. Between 10 and four. And you can't travel overseas. Mm. And all the other, and, and you can't have more than 10 people around to your house for a bra place. Okay. All the other regulations, like there's no nightclubs, there's no discos. Well, I don't think you get discos anymore. But there's no nightclubs because effectively it means you can't sell you can't sell alcohol after nine o'clock mm. because the people who work at your place are going to be home by ten. Your clubbing days are so, over, though, aren't they? Really? I, I, I would, I would definitively say that yes. <laughs> My clubbing days are are long gone. So, although clubs and that have been, then they legally not allowed to open. Effectively, they couldn't really trade because they could close at ten. So, right. and you can't travel overseas. So that's that's level two. All right, you can't do that, but that will lift quite soon, and I think it'll coincide with the onset of spring and summer in the Southern Hemisphere, because we do need that tourism money coming in, and the tourists really yes. need to go somewhere. They can't go to France, they can't go to the Netherlands, they can't go to Germany, it's Italy, etc. Well, they, they can go there, uh, but they have to. When they get back, they have to uh, quarantine themselves. I'm talking about UK travellers at the moment. So I really believe my personal view is, uh, without any insider knowledge, is that from September, overseas travel will start again but you you're going to restaurants again wayne is that what you're doing up yes. until 10 o'clock good okay. well, well look by 10 o'clock i'm long home oh you're asleep Norm already normally home by 10 past eight but oh, yes okay going out and eating and you can even now since yesterday have a glass of wine with your meal until the new regulations are passed where i think there's going to be zero alcohol content if you're driving a car yeah i think that's coming well i think that's a good thing actually i really do i think i've got no problems with that because what is nice about the new world yes. is you can just catch an uber quickly right. efficiently you can just go out have dinner have two glasses of wine catch an uber it's two minutes work you know especially i live in the santon area so this is well covered and it's actually not even vaguely inconvenient. And it's, to be honest, very reasonably priced for what you're getting. Yes. I so, yeah. yeah. I think it's good. 
Okay, and just one final thing. Have any of your favourite restaurants, because I know you like to go out, but you're very sort of, you're, you're very narrow-minded when it comes to food. You have your, your favourites and you go there all the time. Have any of your favourites closed down? Yes, one of my favourites has, in fact, closed down, and one of them hasn't yet opened up. Okay, tell me more. There's a poly, lovely Greek restaurant, superb, uh, 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 savory uh, chicken livers, lovely food. They've closed down. And the one that hasn't opened up is one of my all-time favorites, which is Saigon, which is still only doing uh, takeaways. So you can, you can go and you can order something from them, but there's no sit-down there yet. Okay. All right, Wayne, I shall live my Epicurean life vicariously through you. I do miss some of the things you like, the chicken livers and the peri-peri. Oh, the and all best that chicken livers. Yes. The best chicken livers you can possibly eat that I've ever had in my whole life mm-hmm. is at the Troyville Hotel near Alice Park. I don't know if Alice Park is still called Alice Park, but uh, the Troyville Hotel. In Jewel Hotel Street? There. You mean in Jewel Street? Yeah, it's in Jewel Street, yeah. Mm. I must admit, I've had a few That's happy times shit. there at that, that, that hotel yeah, at lunchtime. Place. Lovely place. Yeah, and a lot of good old boys sitting there as well and tucking in, getting their elbows out and getting into those chicken livers. Yeah, Wayne, I mean, obviously the chicken's good, the prawns are good, but the, but the, the peri-peri chicken's good, but the peri-peri chicken livers is the best. Very good. Wayne, we'll leave it on that very, very happy note. Thank you so much for your time. That's Wayne McCurry from FMB Wealth and Investment, and <laughs> we'll be back next week with Wayne on Wednesday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.